0: I see a lot of people who have a lot of schooling,
1: but they don't have really a lot of education. You've just confirmed that music is good medicine.
0: You've got two choices. You can either be down all the time, or you can look at it on the lighter
2: side. Hello, and welcome to Elder Wisdom Stories from the Green Bench. I'm your host for these bi weekly podcasts. My name is Aaron Davis, and my co host Lloyd Hetherington is here with us. And I'd like to give you just a Twitter length idea of what we do here, or Cole's Notes, if you prefer. Long before the podcast, the Green Bench was created at Schlegel Village's retirement and long-term care homes as a place of sharing stories, a symbol of elder wisdom, where we get to sit alongside a senior, share a conversation, or maybe give and offer advice. When so many of us are missing each other, this allows us a connection with some very special people who have great stories to tell. Joining me on the Green Bench as always, and I am so lucky, is my co-host Lloyd. He's a Schlegel Villages resident, a dad and grandfather, widower, and retired leader and educator. And wait till you meet our guest today. Doug Reed has had a life in media, in radio, TV, and print news. He even worked at my former radio home, CHFI, in Toronto for a brief time. He's had a life full of giving back through the Salvation Army and countless community organizations. Well, now Doug lives in Ailsa Craig at the Village of Arbor Trails in Guelph. He even has a show called Doug Reed Musings on Perry Sound Eastern Shore's online radio. Well, I'm so excited, and I know that Lloyd is, too, to have Doug Reed joining our Elder Wisdom Green Bench today. And as a radio veteran, you know, Doug, it's going to be really hard not to spend, oh, I don't know, four hours talking about radio. But we're going to keep it even, and we're going to keep it bright and tight. How's that sound?
0: Well, I had my breakfast, and I'm roaring to go.
2: Glad to hear it. Now, I know that you have your own show, and I don't know if you tell any jokes, but I thought that you and Lloyd might appreciate this because we're going to be talking about the Salvation Army in a little bit, too. So here we go. An angel is talking to God, and the angel says, hey, God, what are you doing? And God says, I'm making Canadians. And the angel says, oh, they're so nice. And God says, ha, wait till I drop the puck.
0: Oh, that scores well. Yeah. Oh, that's good.
2: Now, besides a career in radio, TV, and print journalism, Doug, let's talk about the very deep connection you have with Lloyd's work in The Salvation Army.
0: I was on the phone with Lloyd the other day, and uh, uh, we started comparing Salvation Army officers that uh, we both knew. Wow! I I started uh, with The Salvation Army uh, shortly after I left uh, newspapering Mm -hmm. and the commanding officer at that time. Uh, used to come over and do proofreading uh, before we went next door and had fish and chips. And uh, he invited me to come over on a Saturday while he was working on his uh, Sunday program. He started uh, telling me about some of the songs that they were going to sing on Sunday. And I thought, my gosh, those were the same songs we sang when I was a kid at the YMCA, Sunday night at uh, Song Service. And one thing led to another. I ended up being a uniformed uh, officer I was the welcome sergeant. I think I did two or three hundred uh, services. I did a number of, uh, of funerals and uh, uh, I was part of the Red Shield campaign. We set up our soup kitchen and uh, so when uh, Lloyd talked Salvation Army talk, I was happy to uh, share some horror stories
2: mm, and some wonderful stories too I'm sure eh, Lloyd. Yeah.
1: Doug, you're the type of person who helps to make the Salvation Army what it is. We're really a small organization and if it wasn't for people like you who step forward and give so freely of their time and energy and creativity, I don't think we'd get anywhere.
0: Well thank you. We uh, got uh, along extremely well. Our uh, Christmas cheer program was always a success. We Uh, often prepared three or 400 hampers at Christmas time and uh, then because I had gone to a Quaker boarding school they asked me if I could set up a shelter for homeless males and I thought well gee I'd gone to a boarding school this will be a breeze well it Mm -hmm. wasn't quite a breeze but over six years we uh, hosted uh, five or six hundred males ranging age from 16 to 83 and we taught them how to we taught them how to shop, we uh, uh, made sure that they had uh, medical appointments, we found alternative housing for them, and uh, it was was just a, a wonderful experience.
1: It would be a wonderful experience, Doug, because you provided them safety and security, but you provided them dignity, you provided them with pride, you contributed so much to enrich the lives of those who had so very little. You're the type of man who makes the difference.
0: Well, we talked about the helpless, the homeless, and the hungry in Midland, which is about uh, 30 miles north of uh, Barrie. We call it the gateway to the 30,000 islands, and uh, uh, that's uh, something in itself. uh, My parents and I, uh, we grew up in Woodstock, but we had a cottage at Ellenwood Beach uh, east of uh, Wasega Beach, and uh, Eventually, I ended up at the radio station in uh, Midland, and I ended up being there some 60 years before moving here to Elsa Craig a year ago. And so uh, when the opportunity came to set up the Shelter Experience House uh, for uh, males, we did. Uh, We helped establish a soup kitchen at the uh, Presbyterian Church. We also set up another soup kitchen at an Anglican church in uh, Newmarket. And it just seemed to be an offshoot of the way I had grown up. I was adopted by some loving Christian folk. And its I guess it was my way of uh, saying thank you and paying something back.
1: It makes such a difference, doesn't it? Paying back for all the benefits that you have received. I long to see more people recognize how blessed they are and they'd be willing to share that blessing with others.
0: Well, I... Uh, I think, again, that I was adopted by some wonderful people. My mother had a number of uh, miscarriages, and uh, uh, she adopted or they adopted uh, a, a girl a couple of years older than me, and then I was adopted, and then by magic, uh, sh- she had two homegrown uh, daughters, hmm. and so I was the spoiled Uh, boy and and then I had three sisters.
2: When you were in the Salvation Army, did you use any of your broadcasting or journalistic talents in your role there as well, Doug?
0: Well, one of the things I did was work the control board and uh, so especially during the uh, final prayer and uh, so I would play this background music and I guess one day I got caught singing when I was playing (laughs) in the control room by myself and uh, one of the officers heard me singing and uh, he said you know this weekend the staff band is performing and I wonder if you would uh, take over Sunday morning service and uh, I loved it Uh and and I uh, when no one else was available I was there Uh, once my mother and father came and uh, someone suggested maybe they would have bagpipes and they would play Amazing Grace and uh, the next thing I knew uh, there were six bagpipers and the ceiling in the citadel was rather low and it was pretty noisy (laughs) and at the end of the service as we were greeting folks as they were leaving the citadel my mother kept hitting me on my arm and Dougie 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 I'm so proud of you but I hate bagpipe music.
2: <laughs> With respect, there's the old joke about the difference between an onion and a bagpipe is that no one cries when you put a knife in a bagpipe. But anyway. <laughs> and I know we all love the bagpipes and especially, especially Amazing Grace. Let's talk a little bit, Doug, about the amazing grace that brought you to broadcasting when you were actually physically on your way to Detroit, Michigan, to do something completely different. Will you share that story with us?
0: Well, let let me go way, way back to the war years. Uh, My mom and father owned a fur store, and uh, there were four children, so we were shuffled off to different uh, babysitters. Mine happened to live on a farm in Burgessville south of Woodstock and so I loved growing up on the farm and every lunch hour the farmer would come in Mr. Broad and he'd turn on the BBC and he'd listen uh, to what was going on overseas uh, concerning the war and I was absolutely intrigued that something would be coming out of this box and often I would stand on a stool and Play with the dials, and uh, then I started to to pretend that I was a radio announcer back home. (laughs) I used my father's uh, sunbeam razor on the end of a electric razor on the end of a clothesline or something, (laughs) and pretended that that was a microphone. And I Mm -hmm. had a a record player, and I read some old uh, weather reports and so on. Later on, my dad uh, would take his advertising to CKOX and was stock, and I tag along, and I was hooked so um in high school i did high review on a couple of occasions at the time i was taking flying lessons and i was uh, i continued to apply at the radio station but without any luck so i thought well i might as well uh, go to hitchhike to detroit and join the marine corps and this was how silly i was because i thought i could fly planes and i wouldn't have to go to boot camp wink Ah. nudge nudge Well, uh, you talk about uh, uh, the Lord's hand at work. Uh, my chum and I were picked up by a guy who was heading to Windsor. It turns out he was the engineer at CKLW, and he took us through the radio station. And then he said, I can take you right to a Marine headquarters, or I can kick in the fanny and send you home. And he said, I think, uh, you know, your career is broadcasting, so I would want you to head back. Well, we got a, a ride, believe it or not, right straight to Woodstock. As we were walking down the main street, there comes the program director in the station van. And I yelled at him and he said, Reed, I am so sick and tired of you sending me mail. You can start tomorrow.
2: Ah! <laughs> love me, love me. Wear them down, oh. Wear 'em down, eh, Doug?
0: That was a lesson well learned.
2: We never stop learning, and I think at age 83 now, you doing a show, and actually voice tracking is absolute proof of that. So you're able to record your show, you send it to the radio station, and they air it there. Could you ever, in a million years, have imagined that you'd be doing that? And of course, this podcast with Lloyd and with me, this whole different platform, It really just shows you, you should never close your mind or say that you're done with anything, doesn't it?
0: Back home, I was on town council. I was a volunteer firefighter. I was a Shriner, a Mason. I was an altar server at the Anglican Church. Uh, I was in Kiwanis and Wisem's Club. I was just involved in each and every time Uh, it was, I think, paying back. And uh, mm-hmm. to to do the full circle, it's been phenomenal. And for that, I have to thank Bob Boland because uh, Bob and I started at uh, the radio station in Woodstock back in the 50s. And I was aware of what he was doing up at Perry Sound. And when this uh, thing came up and when COVID kind of shut everything down over at the radio station at the university, uh, this just dovetailed quite nicely. And I started just one night a week and uh, now it's seven nights a week and the other day Bob says uh, we need somebody to do the afternoon shows and give prizes (laughs) away but I'm still at that point I'm trying to figure out how to inject my uh, voice tracks in in between these recordings but you say it's easy so I'll believe you
2: I'm so glad to see that the Salvation Army has brought in the technology of TAP in the past year because uh, my husband and I have rung the bells as well for the Salvation Army as did our late daughter she loved doing that in the Byward Market in Ottawa but now of course with no touch and so many people like I would hang out outside the liquor store on behalf of the Salvation Army I should clarify and that's where, that's where our spot was but you know when so many people are just going in to use tap or credit cards and now the Salvation Army in so many ways has moved into the future and gotten a cashless donations, too. So it's a wonderful thing. And to hear you both talking about the way that you've given back and made altruism and volunteering such a big part of your life. Doug, I have to ask you this. Knowing broadcasters, as I do and for so long, the industry has been, and I think I can say honestly, probably Uh, manned by mostly people who have had several marriages, a fair amount of problems with, say, alcohol or addiction of different kinds, and all of the trappings that radio used to entail. How much do you think that your volunteering and your faith and the strength of what you were brought up in saved you from that path that undoubtedly you saw so many of your peers go down?
0: i've been lucky i think in in, in i started in radial in 57 and i had s- some quality people at uh, the same in the newspaper business i had guys who who knew what they're talking about and uh, their work was first class and so we didn't have any hard drinkers maybe until i got to north bay and uh, I think at North Bay they had nothing better to do but I, I just I would have paid to to work in radio I mean I just uh, I find myself uh, playing records and introducing the, the darn things and uh, so I've I've been lucky the other thing i and i don't know if this dovetails at all but my dad uh, mom and dad owned a first store and he was also a pioneer in the credit union movement and he established over 60 credit unions in the world and uh, dad set up some kind of a device that it would turn the radio on and he had a tape machine and he would take tape the first hour then he would wake up at seven and at coffee that morning at the uh, Rochdale credit union he'd turn on the tape and listen to what he had missed i was i was uh, lucky i guess i'm in my second marriage it's once one of those we will never marry again and i ended up meeting a wonderful dutch pastry chef <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and need i say more mm-hmm. and, and, but but uh, in my first life uh, I was we were supported at uh, my son Tim used to uh, carry my camera with me when I was at uh, CKBR in Barrie Mm -hmm. and who would have thought Tim would have ever got into the uh, television business but he's he's been I guess at least 35 years producing news he did a couple of uh, dandy uh, uh, documentaries one was on the uh, end of the avril arrow a lot of people said oh that was ctv that produced it and other people said no that was cbc and tim said no it was me i got a grant from the feds and i worked on the avril arrow so the secrecy act had ended mm-hmm. uh, at the time my son started to work on it he was out at a channel in uh, Edmonton mm-hmm. and uh, always at the Midland Free Press where I was also the manager uh, we were always looking for an April Fool's joke to put on the front page and uh, the publisher's father had worked uh, at at AV uh, Row and he brought a um, a model of their hovercraft, the uh, flying saucer. And so we took a picture of it, and we went down to the park and and uh, burned a couple of spots to make it look like the hovercraft <laughs> had landed there. And uh, so I was talking to my son about the Avro Arrow and, uh, and the, the hovercraft, and he picked up the ball and uh, ran with it.
2: That's amazing. And of course, now you'd be the lead story on websites all over the place because nobody checks to see if it's an April Fool's joke anymore. No.
0: (laughs) Well, we used to have some, there's a thing called Magazine Island out in the harbor at Midland. And uh, the real estate guy said that they were going to put a bridge over to the island. And so there was always something. Another one, a little lake in the middle of Midland is fed by a spring. And so... I took a picture of a guy wearing a paper bag over his head and said he bought the lake, he was going to drain it <laughs> and just have a fountain uh, with that spring. And uh, that was a good story until Thompson Newspapers heard about it and uh, uh, I was chastised, I think. Ew! You know.
2: Yeah, you <laughs> oh, were almost working for the North Bay Nugget then, weren't you? Yes, yes. <laughs> just a bit. Way <laughs> you go, way you go. Later on, when you saw something in your community, you also used that background in communication that you had. It's so funny, community, communication, how they tie together, Doug, to make differences not only for your fellow human that you were just talking to there, but for the community in general. Do you have an example of that for us? I guess
0: it comes down to looking, realizing there's a need, and then trying to uh, get that need resolved uh, by drawing the attention to those people who can uh, probably take care of that business. I guess the other thing, the last thing I would say, somebody said, uh, do you have advice for young people? And I would say this, if you love doing something, I don't care if you love playing baseball, if you love uh, being an artist, if you love that, Try to do it commercially because I'll bet you a, a ton of money there's a place for you in the world of commerce, and uh, that's what I did I as a young kid always wanted to be like Aaron and uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, she she's <laughs> old, she's older than me oh you brad and, uh, <laughs>
2: i was just I was just thinking what a lovely person you were too doug goodness <laughs> oh geez. um There is a beautiful Chinese proverb on helping others. Do you have that, Lloyd? Do you have that in front of you that you could read it for us?
1: If you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a month, get married. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, help somebody else.
2: Isn't that lovely? What do people ask you most often, Doug, about your career and your life and your volunteering? What do people want to know about you and what do you most like to talk about?
0: I love going to a restaurant and and just listening to other people and it's interesting, so many people say, I went to the Cayman Islands the food sucked, the people Mm. were wretched and you never Mm. hear anybody say, "Um, gee we had a a lot of fun I love going into a grocery store and uh, finding a manager and I point you see that cashier way down at cash register number 13 and they say oh boy here it comes and then I say not 15 number six yes and what is her name her name is Anne Marie I gotta tell you Anne Marie is terrific and I've got to talk to mr. super or mr. store and and just let them know that uh, she's terrific. It's so easy, you know. It's so easy to bellyache, Aaron, as you mm-hmm. well know. Oh. <laughs> but why not say something nice? I remember, I at any radio station I worked at, my ratings were always the highest. But on occasion, you would get a miserable letter, and that would be the letter posted on the bulletin board. <sighs> There's nothing in the old orchid file, as the old police used to say. So, anyway, um, I just like. To listen to folks I like to interject and within days of moving here uh, we went to a concert next door and my wife said to me there's blood rushing out of your face and and do you feel right and I said I think I I got a bit of a pain in my chest and she says what's the problem and I said look at in front of me all those people with white hair and she whispered Doug you're 82
1: but Doug, you know very well that chronological numbers mean nothing. I met old people at 60 and I met young people at 90. You may be surrounded with people who are chronologically old, but they're young at heart. We have a guy, he's
0: 99, and he's got the greatest radial voice I've ever heard. And during the war, he was uh, a navigator in Lancaster Bombers, oh. and what stories he has. And he acted on stage, he did some movie work, he did some commercials, but when you hear his voice, I thought, boy, it was his voice in my brain. We could go somewhere. We could probably work with Aaron and do the morning show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I do need someone to be the eye candy. So between you and him, Doug, I think that that would be just fantastic. Oh, my gosh. And I'm kidding. Of course, my dad was a career pilot, both on Sibby Street and with the Armed Forces. And he always talked about the Lancaster pilot who was in his residence, too, the stories they tell. But it's so important, and I know that Lloyd will agree, just to listen. It's why we've got one mouth and two ears.
1: Yes, absolutely. If you listen, you pick up such gems of wisdom. People have a lot to share. We've got to find ways of harvesting it. I have
0: grandchildren and uh, their life is the iPad. Mm. And when I grew up, we we gathered underneath the streetlight on our bicycles and we had so much fun. We played road hockey. We did all kinds of silly things, but it was wonderful. And uh, now... You know, I saw a picture the other day, everybody around the Christmas table and everybody had an iPad, Uh you know, and there was grandpa carving the turkey. (laughs) It's uh, it's unreal. We've got to listen to stories. And what I try to do with with Tim, my son, and with our grandkids is to tell them some of the stories that I've shared here. I uh, I read about my ancestors, and one of them turned out to be the last guy ever to be involved in a duel down around Jarvis, Ontario, back in the 1800s. So that's a story to relate to next of kin.
2: Absolutely, and that's why you've got your radio show too, because the best radio is, as my guru, Valerie Geller, would say, tell the truth. Start with your best material, never be boring, make it matter, and most importantly, talk to one person. And no matter if you're talking to 100 or 100,000, it's that one person. And I know the one person listening to our podcast today is so grateful to you, Doug, for for your stories, your warmth, your volunteering, your faith, your giving back, and your immense sense of humor, we must never discount how important a sense of humor is right now these days.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm shy. Oh, I mean it's it's the most amazing thing. I oh my gosh, when I would go to church, uh, the the music would be playing, and Dad he would have hay fever, so he would lead the way so that it would be. Um, My father, my mother, my older sister, me, and then my two younger sisters. And dad would sneeze all the way down to our (laughs) pew. And, oh, I hated doing that. Um, But when I look back and uh, some years ago, I I can remember as a kid, my feet would never uh, reach the floor. And so I would sit in the pew and my feet would dangle back and forth. And then when dad passed away, uh, I sat there. In the same pew and i looked down at my feet and i just said dad my feet touched the floor anyway it's been an absolute pleasure and i'm really really honored and uh, Aaron, again i'm so proud of you you're uh, what you've done i'm just proud of you
2: oh thank you doug that means the world to me and uh lloyd and i are just so grateful that you came around and played on our radio show today. What a great fun podcast this has been, and and I wish you lots and lots more years on the airwaves in whatever form they may be. I just know you're just going to keep morphing with the times, and it's a wonderful thing. Keep sharing the love and the inspiration and your messages. You're so uplifting.
0: Thank you, and I used to sign off like this, and so ends tonight's broad chasing. oops sorry broadcasting
1: there you go Doug it's been so lovely talking to you your ideas your enthusiasm your sense of humor is just so precious I'm sure we'll be in touch again in the meantime enjoy life enjoy your communication have a marvelous time
2: We could have chatted with Doug for hours, but our time here on the Green Bench has come to an end. For now, Lloyd and I are so looking forward to our next chat with Schlegel resident Judy Stefnitz, a woman and retired RN whose life as a mom and a daughter saw her face more than her share of challenges, but who has come out with a sense of positivity and a perspective you won't want to miss. Just please subscribe for additional episodes every two weeks. We'll let you know just as soon as they're up. Share your thoughts. Thoughts and opinions on social media using hashtag elder wisdom to help others find us on this green bench and please if you would could you take a moment to rate and review the elder wisdom podcast if it's easier go to www.elderwisdom.ca to find the link i'm Erin davis thank you for sharing in these life stories and lloyd and i will talk to you again soon because your seat on the green bench is ready and waiting elder wisdom stories from the green bench is
0: brought to you by schlegel villages a complete continuum of care offering independent living to long-term care celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the
2: elder to learn more about us please go to our website schlegelvillages.com